What's up to all my ripped running realtors out there? You know, the new year is right around the corner and I'm sure that you've spent hours planning your business for 2024. But have you given any thought to your overall health? Well, a recent study by the Harvard Medical School found that frequent and regular exercise of any kind can boost your memory and thinking skills. It's commonly known that regular physical activity can stimulate physiological changes in the body by preserving muscle strength into old age, keeping your heart strong, maintaining a healthy body weight, and staving off chronic diseases such as diabetes. But it can also boost the production of growth factors that increase the blood flow to your brain, increasing your ability to problem solve and keeping your memory sharp. But with such a busy life, how will you find the time to fit it all in? Well, my next guest is here to help us solve that time and effort equation. Joining me will be Jenny Merchant. Jenny's a full-time realtor, just like you. She has a family and a ton of other responsibilities, just like the rest. But Jenny makes her health and fitness a priority in her life because it impacts so many other parts of her daily activity. She's going to share with us her secrets of being a busy realtor, having a family, and still finding time to take care of her mind and her body. It's time to dust off those New Year's resolutions and get our minds and body into the best possible place so we can grow our business in 2024. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome, everyone, to another exciting episode of the Texas Real Estate and Finance Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Mills, your friendly neighborhood mortgage banker based right here in the heart of Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. And I've been in the banking uh, for nearly 13 years, and, I'm a, and I am passionate about bringing you valuable insights into the real estate and finance world each and every week. Um, but I've got a question for all you realtors running around town trying to support your family. As we approach a new year, have you thought about your overall health and well-being for 2024, or at least as much as you've thought about growing your business for 2024? <clears throat> Did you know that the two are very, very connected? So today we're going to explore the importance of fitness, health, and wellness, and not just for your personal lives, but also how it can impact your success in the real estate industry. But before we get started, um, I'd like to ask a small favor. If you enjoy the podcast and find it valuable, please take a moment to hit that like and subscribe button. Your support means the world to me, and it helps me keep delivering quality content to you each and every week. Now, let's get to the main event. So joining me today is a truly remarkable guest, Miss Jenny Merchant. Jenny is not only a full-time realtor, just like you, but she's also a master of juggling the demands of a successful real estate career, a family life, and her commitment to fitness and wellness. So Jenny's here to share her secrets, insights, and practical tips on how to find that elusive balance to prioritize your health and set yourself up for success in 2024. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Miss Jenny, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. You got it. You got it. All right. So, um, Jenny and, I, Jenny and I have known each other for a little while and uh, we work together. Um, she is obviously a real estate agent. And so today we're going to chat a little bit about, um, you know, obviously health and wellness. Now she is a avid um, fitness person. Uh, I don't know what the right term would be for that, but you're really into your fitness, right? Yeah. And not fitness taco in my mouth. Um, <laughs> that's my favorite t-shirt of all time, by the way. Uh, but also um, you're a vegan, correct? Yeah. Yes. yes. So dirty vegan. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, but so, you know, working out and, and if I'm correct, you told me recently you're, you're getting into bodybuilding now, right? Yes. Taking it to even another level, not I just am. staying in shape, but actually thinking about competing. 
Maybe. Maybe. Okay. Maybe. So she's got a personal trainer. Um, she's very focused on what she eats every single day. Now we have differing thoughts on what to eat and how often, but uh, and we'll discuss a little bit of that. But ultimately, um, the point of this is that as an agent in this profession, we are always on the go, right? We're always in our car. We're always showing clients. And this is why we're also trying to take care of our family and, you know, kids and husbands and wives and whatever else, right? So we're trying to lead these busy lives. And one of the things that typically goes by the wayside when we do that is our health, right? Because care of ourselves. we're driving through and getting Taco Bell or McDonald's and then we're drinking sodas in the car on the way and we can't possibly work out because I'm too tired all the time. Like, how could I work mm -hmm. out? I'm exhausted. I don't have any energy. So we're going to kind of talk a little bit about, you know, how to overcome some of this stuff and get Jenny's insight because she's really become a ninja at fitness all into her schedule. So I want to get y'all's, um, I want you to hear her take on how to do this stuff. So before we get started, first off, um, talk about how you got into real estate to begin with. Um, and then um, if the fitness piece of it's always been a part of your life or if it's something that you've developed recently. So my background, um, starting in college, I was always kind of an entrepreneur and kind of on my own. I did pet sitting to, to raise money. I bought my first house when I was 20 years old, um, turned around, sold it four years later, uh, marketed it myself, and kind of got the bug at that point, but I got into uh, luxury home building and land acquisition and negotiating contracts and building multi-million dollar homes and family's business actually. So got into that, which I was really looking back. It's all the things that I do now. I just, I wasn't a licensed agent doing right. it. And uh, I got cancer. Um, at the time I was making a lot of money. I was in my late twenties, I guess. And I worked hundred hours a week and I just kind of had this aha moment of what's important and not really feeling satisfaction for what I was doing. And so I took a pause for a little while, um, went to work for another family's business that was in more of swimming pool, outdoor living construction and design. But I really wanted to be an agent and I wanted to do it so bad, but to be, to be honest, I was fearful. I was fearful of how to transition from making a couple hundred thousand dollars a year to doing that. And really the fear was not really having anybody to go to. I kept picturing these big brokerages where I was just going to be a number and a thousand agents. I have to start at the beginning sitting at a desk. Right. And so I didn't do it at that time. And I'm glad I didn't. I needed some more space um, to get into it. So ultimately I took the plunge and um, best decision I ever made. And it was really meeting the broker that I have. I got introduced uh, through a friend and had the same um, same value system, mm -hmm. um, a great human being. Um, he was starting his own brokerage, Reflect Real Estate. And the minute that I met him, I was kind of dabbling with getting my license. And he said, you can get your license in two weeks. Mm -hmm. Just do it. Yeah. And so I did. Okay. And having that person there that I could see as a mentor, that it just made it easy for me. And yeah. then I'm taking basically all the skills that I've been doing for all these years, but doing it something that drives me and fuels me every day. Yeah. Yeah. So did you, prior to when you were doing, working for the builder and, and doing your thing there before you got into selling, have you always been kind of a, you know, into fitness and wellness or is this something that you kind of came into a little bit later or when did you really start kind of getting into it a little bit more heavy? I know recently you've really kind of put a lot into yeah. it, but even prior to that, when did it start becoming a, a, a place of importance? And I think that's where even having the cancer and looking back at it, realizing that, and I think that almost happened because of the level of stress and 
not putting myself as a priority with my health. Mm-hmm. Um, everything was work, 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 work. And I'm always going to be that way. But there was there was no regular exercise. There, here and there, um, I got into some pole fitness, which I really loved at the time. Pole fitness? Yes. It's like, like dancing it, on a pole? Yes. But, okay. but I wasn't a stripper. <laughs> I was just... And in hoops, like aerial acrobatics. Yeah, yeah, totally. No, I've seen it before. It's funny. Yeah, it's okay. That was actually, I found that when I was working in in the building industry. So I found that and I really had this outlet of this is great. I found it was like empowering, was with a bunch of women who became some of my best friends. But it really is, it's dangerous on your body. And I ended up going to a client that was a neurologist. I had to get an MRI. He's like, you got bulging discs. You can't be hanging upside down. Like, can't be doing this anymore. And right. so I had to quit. And when I quit and I was in pretty good shape, my upper body was in good shape. I felt good. And it was a great outlet. And after that, I kind of got lost. Like, what do I do? My thing is gone. I've tried yoga. I tried. And so that consistency and then also my my eating, um, it was just eat when you could. Um, but I got to get this client back. I've got to call this, uh, you know, my Black back then the BlackBerry. The BlackBerry was going off, right? BlackBerry. Yeah. And it was either go into starvation mode because I wouldn't eat all day. Yeah. To slamming some food in my body and eating like this huge meal, then feeling sluggish. So this went on for a for a long time because my mindset was always work, work, work. That's the secondary. Well, thing. part of that I think become we we we're in this especially nowadays we have this what they call the hustle culture. Have mm-hmm. you heard, have you heard of this? Where it's like you got to go 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 all the time, which I don't necessarily disagree with per se, but it is um, as working professionals when you think you have to work quote unquote all the time. The issue with that is that you you get to a place where if you're not working, then, then you have guilt right? Because yes. you feel like you should be working. So if I'm doing this thing, even, I mean, some people experience it when they're hanging out with their kids, right? You're sitting there having time with your kids and maybe, maybe you're having, maybe business is slow, maybe money troubles are creeping in a little bit or whatever the case may be that adds that extra level of stress. And there you are in, in trying to enjoy time with your family and you can't because yes. the whole time, all you're thinking of like, I need to be working. I should be working. What am I not? I'm being lazy. I should be out there working. And I think, I think a lot of people experience that. Oh, it's very true. I mean, it's the guilt. I still have to, even today, as much as I talk about how much I prioritize and in, in my health and my fitness on a daily basis, there are still moments where I'm looking at trying to shift an appointment or move something and trying to strategically plan my day, feeling like, gosh, this feels kind of selfish. And then I remind myself, no, it's not. Because if yeah. I'm not in the right I can't be in the right mindset. I can't be good for anybody else if I don't take care of myself. And I really saw that as I look back into my previous working career and, and yeah, and I was busy and I'm busy now and I'm work, 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 and I can still hustle. It doesn't mean that I stop, but it is putting that priority. So it really wasn't until these last couple of years and COVID hit and I just felt awful and I put a mask on. I went to four different gyms and try to find a trainer and got to it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's the hard part um, for anybody that I think anybody that's been through a place or been in a time in their life where they did put out like, you know, former athletes, especially high school and college athletes that went through the grind of working out all the time because they had to, whether a case as they get older, then they're kind of like when they don't have that outlet, 
they miss it. Like, cause you know what it was like to have it and now it's not there. But if you've never done that, if you've never experienced that or had that there, then you don't really understand what you're missing until it's gone. Right. So, so you almost have to, which is, it's like this catch 22, because if you've never been a person that goes to the gym often or works out or, you know, and we say go to the gym, you don't have to go to the gym. There's a million things you can do that don't require you to have a gym membership. But, but if you don't have some level of physical exertion on a regular basis, then you don't know what it's like when it's not there anymore. Right. And that's, so that's the thing is, is until you have the absence of it and you, and you feel run down and you feel like crap and your body and you're tired and you're like, why do I feel like this? And you go, Oh, wait a minute. I haven't worked out in two weeks. Like that's why, that's why everything hurts, you know? And, and people say all the time, you know, well, I just don't have enough energy to work out. And that's the part that I think it's lost is it's, it's this reciprocal relationship between working out and energy. If you work out often, you have a lot more energy. And if you don't, you don't. And it's like, it doesn't make sense logically to some people why that works that way. That's so true. I, growing up, um, I just wasn't athletic. I've never so, saw myself that way. So yeah. it's even weird now. I feel like I have this imposter syndrome, like, oh wait, I have muscles and I like can lift like heavy stuff. Yeah. Um, but I was, I was a cheerleader in high school, but to be honest, I was a cheerleader because I negotiated my way on the team. It wasn't any good. I was the captain of the cheerleading squad. I had no idea offense or defense. It was dancing and like looking cute in a skirt. Like right. it, I just didn't have that athletic bone. I was scared of PE. I didn't like to run. I always say I'm only running if someone's chasing me or there's yep. a good shoe sale somewhere. So <laughs> I grew up with that. And so it really, I didn't know what I was missing. And I had a moment um, a year and a half ago and some life changes and things and moving and shifting in life. And I pulled back from, and I, I didn't have a place to work out where I moved. I basically, I, I dropped the ball on myself mm -hmm. and I felt horrible. And that was really the key now, I think where I've ramped up and I realized I never want to go back there again. Yeah. And it's so different. And it's true. If you don't, if you've never had it, you don't know the difference. And and you hear all the time, well, you have more energy if you work out. And you hear that. You're like, yeah, does it really matter? It matters. Yes. And I can say what you eat, what you put in your body and movement, whatever that looks like, yeah. consistency on a daily basis of some kind can be transformative. So do you think from, it seems like when you were on the pole, I don't know how else to <laughs> I got you with that one. You didn't even expect in that I don't one. Know how else to put it. Yeah, yeah. So when you were doing the pole exercises, right? Yeah. And that was something that you really enjoyed. Like you, you liked doing it. Yes. So going to it was was enjoyable. It was fun. You know, you had a, a group of people with you that were all there together. You made friendships and relationships. I'm sure it was something that it wasn't like a dread to show up and yeah, go dance fun. on the pole. Um, to anybody that's joining us late, I still think it's going to be a, di a difficult <laughs> one. Um, but upside down, holding on with one arm. Right. Yeah. You know, I went to camps. We flew to to the, to the Bahamas somewhere and did oh, camps. Yeah. I was training with contortionists. It was, it was crazy. I never thought I could do that in my life. And it was like, look at me I'm hang upside down, but you enjoyed it. You like to do it. Right. It. And then because of that experience with it and how long did you do it before you had to quit? Oh man, I tapered off. I was probably maybe five years. Okay. So that's a long time. So you were, you were after it for five years, really enjoying it. And then stuff happens. You're back. You have issues. Doctors like, Hey, you can't keep doing it. And then you fall off the wagon a little bit, so to speak, and then, or the pole, and then, um, and then you get back into it, but you go through this period of time 
where it wasn't enjoyable, or I mean, I'm sorry, where you felt like crap because you weren't doing anything and you realized going back to it that it was. But the key to it was, is that your initial introduction into it was something that you like to do, right? And I think so many people think of going to the gym, quote unquote, or working out that they got to go in their garage and they got to like sweat for four and a half, four and a half hours and and have the exact right route routine or whatever. Can, can you talk a little bit about how sometimes just starting something and doing it, whether it's walking around your driveway or going to a pole class or whatever it may <laughs> yeah. be that, that little kickoff, it doesn't have, you don't have to accomplish everything in one day. Like it's a slow build, right? Right. And I don't think you should ever go at it personally with throwing everything in the kitchen sink at it, you know, going from zero to, and I think what I see people do is I'm going to change my diet. I'm not going to drink soda. I'm not going to cut out sugar. I'm going to cut my calories. I'm going to go to five hit classes. And they, they feel like in order to make a difference in maybe their aesthetic or how they feel that they have to do all the things. Right. And I think that's really like setting yourself up for failure at yes. that point. And I think it's finding that thing. And fortunately for me, it just took me a really long time to find my thing. And I had to tinker around with it. Like I liked yoga and I still do. And I need it for some mental, you know, clarity and it has a it's lot a moving of moving meditation type yeah, of thing. yeah and like sure. stretching out because it's so rough on my body you know so like tight and lifting weight so but I kept trying to find that that thing that I enjoyed and I was never a gym person scared of the gym don't really know how to use the weights it seems like boring dirty people sweaty stuff like there was yeah. on on the equipment so I just, it just took me a bit to figure it out. And I don't think it matters what it is, but it's finding the thing that you find some joy. And it doesn't mean that every single day it's going to be butterflies and roses and you're going to be yeah. skipping your way into the next, you know, hot yeah. works class it or sucks. whatever it is Sometimes. you do or yeah. riding your bike or going to the lake. But it's sometimes just trying something and just trying it consistently. And it doesn't have to be, for even an hour, go and do something for 15 minutes and do it for a week, do it for, for three weeks and see how you feel. But you've got to find that thing that you connect with on some level. Otherwise you're going to be resentful for it and you're not going to really feel the benefits. Yeah. Well, anytime anybody ever asked me about it and I'm not, I'm not as nearly uh, religious about it as you are. um, But I, you know, especially in the last couple of years, I spend a decent amount of time worrying about it. But um, I started just, I really, well, not started, but got back on the wagon, I should say, because it's kind of one of those things I've done my whole life um, on and off, just like a lot of people. But um, I just went back to walking again because, I mean, that's, you know, if anybody's ever seen me walk around my driveway when I was doing that for a while and videoing myself, that's where all that started was I just wanted to go and I needed to get moving, you know, and that's the thing that um, that I, I don't think that people that don't regularly put themselves in those positions that they don't understand is that just basic movement, whether it be walking or running or riding a bike or anything really that you're, that gets your, if you like playing basketball, go play basketball, go out on the court and shoot around a little bit, or go, you know, go run routes with your kid and throw football or whatever it is, just movement of some kind. If you do that and, and get any sort of, I mean, you don't have to work up a sweat, but if you do the way that you feel after you're done is have you ever had a workout where you walked away from, man, I really wish I wouldn't have done that. Has there, no. has that ever happened? No, other than maybe some little injury stuff that yeah. I pushed too hard, but no, it's, it's even today I had a, a rough, I don't know what's going on. Something was my shoulder. I wasn't lifting like I normally lift and 
I went in with just having a lot to do today. My mind wasn't in it. But you know what? I went in there and I did something Mm -hmm. and I left like, oh, so glad like I got that, got that done today. And in walking, I mean, that's what it can be something that simple. Um, I also, in addition to the weight training I do, I've started with my my steps. So I'm going through a tough time because my steps and my walking was in the evening time and it would be really hot out. And it was my time to either like listen to the podcast, catch up on emails kind of stacking, you know, I I call it with my other tasks that I have to do and getting my steps in. Well, with the time change and it being colder, um, I've not been successful in hitting my, my steps. And I kind of thought, ah, not a huge deal. I can feel it. And it's been two weeks and a couple of days ago, I'm like, okay, I got to figure this out because this is affecting me. And I've had a couple of times go back up to the gym at night just to kind of get the steps in. So I'm trying to think of how I can incorporate it into my day, like going to my kid's school a little early and just walking back and forth in front of the school. And just that movement, because at times if we're driving around in our cars, like we might think we're active, showing houses, driving around or sitting our computer, doing comps. We're not actually moving all our bodies. Well, and I've even seen some people, I mean, you know, again, it just depends on how far you want to go with it sometimes, but I know people that have treadmill desks, you know, that, that will, I'm I'm looking into that actually, they stand and they'll have their desk in front of them and they're just walking while they're typing and doing whatever, you know, I, I, uh, I mean, you got to have a setup to be able to pull something like that off, but I mean, plenty of people got treadmills, you know, sitting as clothes hangers in their, uh, garages and in their bedroom. But, um, but the, I think the key of it is, is finding something that you don't hate doing. Yes. Right. Especially in the beginning, because everything kind of compounds on itself. And what I found is that when I started walking, then I started, okay, well, you know, at what pace do I need to walk? And then I would look into that a little bit. And then I was like, well, how far should we get to the 10,000 steps thing? Okay. Well, how long does that take? Well, that takes 30 minutes. All right. Well, I can walk 30 minutes. What can I do in that 30 minute window? Well, then after I'm walking every day, I'm like, okay, I'm feeling better. Like I can do more. Like what else could I do? Right. And so then I started looking into bikes and what, you know, well, do I want to ride a bike? And I tried to ride a regular bike, like through the streets, right? I did that with my kid, kids a couple of times. And what I found was that a going with my kids is a nightmare because they <laughs> suck. Um, and they are just complaining and bitching the whole time. And then B, um, you know, you get the, your butt hurts a lot because you're riding on this bike and you got to go through streets and, you know, know where you're going and whatever. So that was the thing. And so then I got, um, I actually bought one of the, I don't know if it's called air. It's like a fan bike. Uh, the, you know, the ones where you pull the handles oh, right. and yeah, pedal aerodyne bike or something like that. I bought, I got one of those. I tried one out for a couple of times and I really liked it. And I got on that thing and I rode that thing for like two months straight every day. Now it was 20 minutes, 30 minutes. I started off, I was like five minutes and then I got to 10 and this is with walking too. So, and now I've moved into weights and all kinds of other stuff, but it, these things just kind of start to build on each other because once you get in the habit of doing it, you feel comfortable doing it and you like it, then you want to do more and you start looking into more, you start educating yourself a little bit more. Have you, you found the same, same kind of deal? Yeah. It's just sort of progressed. I mean, even with steps, it was like, I never counted them and didn't really matter, but I had to feel like I had to be strategic about it and go, okay, I'm going to do something. And so got to have some goal. Let's do 2,500. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And paying attention to the fact like, wow, I've only walked a thousand steps today. Like I haven't moved my body. Yeah. Um, and then starting with, you know, when I started working out and going to the gym and, and lifting, it wasn't to where I was at now. In fact, the first day, um, and I started and I kind of got back in the saddle like a year and a few months ago and I got with another trainer and 
uh, I almost threw up at the second exercise. It was horrible. Yeah. I mean, I was like, oh, this is awful. So you got to kind of start kind of, okay, I start slow and, and the consistency is what is important for me. So yeah. being very strategic about it, but consistent, but starting small and then you start looking into and going, okay, well now I'm not just trying to do this for my mental health and I'm trying to now, wow. I want to really look at what I could do to change my body composition. What can I do to lift? And I've started researching and listening to podcasts now about bodybuilding and it's just sort of grown. Um, and it just takes that first step of, but finding something to do and then see how you feel about it. And maybe you hate it and go, this isn't for me. Okay. There's a million things that you can do, but I think being very thoughtful about it and making it a priority and doing it consistently. When you set goals for it, do you feel like that when you set a goal for something like this, do you think people make mistakes when they're like, you know, for the next year, I'm going to do this versus, you know, for a week, I'm going to go walk around the block, yeah. you know, because that seems like a more uh, achievable goal in many cases, right? Yeah, absolutely. You got to start small and that's where you start thinking people, you hear a lot about January 1st and I'm going to get a gym membership and I'm going to change my diet and I'm going to do all this stuff. Going from zero to a hundred, I think that's, it can just hurting yourself in a way. You just yeah. got to start off with, and hey, I'm going to do this for and set a period of time that's reasonable, that's manageable, and then see how you feel. But I think naturally, once you start moving and you start changing your habits, whether that's diet and movement exercise or some really a combination of both, I think is important. Um you then will start feeling the benefits of it. But it's, you know, you got to give it a few weeks. But do, if you start giving yourself some crazy goal, it's just like in real estate. My first year, I'm going to come in and I'm going to sell $15 million real estate. And, and then you feel like you failed right. because you didn't accomplish that. Like, let's go easy here and let's set small attainable goals. See how you feel. And then at that point, when you feel good, you go, oh, wow, I can do more than that's what I do with my steps. Even though I was training really hard, I didn't really introduce the step thing until a couple months ago. Yeah. And now I'm like, oh, wow, I can do, I can do 5,000 steps and then 10,000. Oh, this is really cool. Like I can actually listen to this podcast. It actually clears my mind. I thought walking was going to be boring and I was going to hate it. And I was just like, I guess I'll do it. Yeah. So it's interesting where things can lead you just by trying it. In small increments. Well, do you think too, when, when you're finding stuff that you want to do and you want to, or that you want to participate in, whether it be walking or whatever, whatever the case may be, um, when you start looking at figuring out a way to program it into your day as being a big piece of that, because it's one thing, you know, and we've talked about this before, but the whole idea behind, you know, well, I have this goal. I want to achieve this goal. All right. Well, that's great. Like you mm -hmm. have a goal. Congratulations. What what are you what are you gonna do to to accomplish that goal? Well, right. then you have to build in some processes or habits that you have in order to make sure that that happens. Because otherwise, if you just wake up, it's like I'm gonna walk at some point today. It's well, not gonna happen. Not gonna happen, right? No. So, what have you found, and and how have you tried to program it into your day that makes sure that you do it first? You know, so it it becomes a habit for you, and it's something that you're not gonna skip. And what you just said is proof, just because my failure just in the last couple of weeks of, oh no, I got to come up with a plan. So yeah. I'm actually now having to figure out how to program to get these steps in because just the timing and the time change and all of that. And I'm just like, oh, I'll figure it out, you know, throughout the day. I'll, no, it just hasn't happened. I keep thinking in the middle of the day, I'll get up from my desk because it's nice outside and I'll go walk. No. So I've had to really think about, first off, 
it's a priority, period, end of story. I'm, for me, it's the gym and lifting weights. So I train at least five days a week, sometimes seven, but usually five to six days a week. And then the extra day is like an extra, maybe I'll do cardio or something. But in some form or fashion, that is happening, period, end of story. And so I have to think about with all the things I have going on in my day between being a mom, work, uh, you know, everything that life has, I think of it like when you have a baby and that baby has to eat every three hours. You're not going to be like, well, you know, maybe not this feeding. (laughs) You know, you just, it doesn't work that way. Or like, well, okay, if you don't have kids, maybe you don't relate to that, but I don't have time to take a shower today. I mean, I've got to go to work. Like you just, it's automatic. It's just something you do. And it's not immediate. I think that you can just snap into that mindset, but that's the, how my mindset is. So first off is that's the priority. It's going to happen in that discipline, no matter what. And then it's figuring out everything else that goes around it and how I can kind of stack things to make it work. So I changed gyms recently. Um, and when I've got my son, like, okay, on the weekends that I have him, I need to make it go to the gym. So I've started including him and I kind of want him to be, to see mom, you know, struggle and this is hard. And, and the owner of the gym, it's, it's great. He grew up going to the gym with his mom and he, he's like, it's cool. So my trainer had him pushing the sled the other day and with two weights on it. And I've kind of show him what I'm doing, um, you know, doing my weight training. So incorporating him, um, I was, also with my steps, I'm like, okay, well, what am I going to do? So go to the park with me and well, we got to walk. This is boring. Yeah. It's like, well, you can push the stroller. So I try to figure out all the things I need to do, how I can, I can incorporate him. And then times when I'm booking even closings, for example, a lot of people, they take the whole day off work. They don't really care what time of day that the closing is. I'm not going to yep. blow a deal or do something to upset a client, but if it makes no difference to them, why have the title company dictate dictate that we're going to have a closing at 9 a.m.? Well, that's when I work out. And I used to feel really guilty about that. But now, like, well, it works. You just have to be very thoughtful about it and plan ahead. Same thing with the eating and the meals and knowing that I was going to be here today and I'm going to be out of the house all day. My meals come with me. Yeah. You know, they travel with me. I yeah. eat five times a day because that's the one I do. That's what you do. Yeah. And I know every how many carbs and how many grams of protein and it's weighed and it's just part of my existence. Yeah. And I work everything else around it. And there is time. Can you speak a little bit about why it's so important to everything else? Because again, we go back to well, I got to work and I feel guilty if I'm trying to go to the gym or I've got, I need to spend time with my son and I feel guilty if I'm not focused on him or whatever. Can you just talk a little bit about why this, these particular habits are kind of the foundation for everything that you do? And if you don't have them, what that's like? It's really become so clear to me in the last couple of years, the difference of how I feel. And I feel like if I don't take care of my body, I am toast to anybody else. And having slacked off for that period of time and really seeing my mental clarity, um, waking up in the morning, how I feel, even though I might still be tired, we all get tired, but there's a difference of just having this low energy, even a little bit of brain fog um, after working out, how 
much more alert I am. Like yeah. I don't, I have matcha tea is my thing, but I'm not a, a big caffeine person. But having that movement and then also my diet as well, just makes it so I can be better at my job and also be able to deal with, with stress and deal with it in a more calm manner and not be so flustered. Um, I find that it has a huge impact and I can feel a really big difference. That's why I don't like even taking days off of going and working out, doing something because it just doesn't feel quite the same. And I feel like if I'm not taking care of myself, then it just gets you into this mindset of this kind of tired, sluggish, well, I don't feel like doing that today. I can call them back tomorrow. It, it just, you, and that's just not the way you should be operating your business. You should be on it. And if you're not feeling good, it just makes everything else in life, I feel kind of, you can just slide on it Yeah, and it affects everything. Yeah. Well, it's kind of like, I think I heard somebody talk about or equate it to, um, walking around with this, like putting a, a weighted vest on. Like yeah. when you, when you have a 20 or 30 pound weighted vest and you're just walking around with it, you feel like you just feel like you're weighted down. Like you're just sluggish and you're, you're like, Oh, this is hard. This is heavy. And it's when, when you exercise on a regular basis, it's like taking that vest off. And now you're, wait a minute, I have all this extra, you know, energy and pep to my step because I'm not carrying around this thing all day. And that's not even, I'm not even talking about weight, like carrying extra weight. I'm just talking about the brain side of things. Yes, your mental. Your mental clarity and your mental focus on what you can do. And everything doesn't seem like a huge task. And I, I catch this a lot with people that have um, sleeping problems because you, and there's a lot of people that have a hard time sleeping. They have a hard time going to sleep. They have a hard time staying asleep. And then in the morning when they get up, they're miserable and they're just, you know, and I, I know that there's a lot of people that struggle with this. And when you exercise and you work out, and especially when you get to a point where you're really pushing your body and you're sweating like hardcore and you're, you know, I'm on a bike for an hour, like, you know, I I ride my bike twice a week for 60 minutes. Now during that time, I'm listening, I'm watching videos, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm doing all this stuff too, just like you. But when I'm done, man, I'm spent. And then there's other days where I ride it for 30 minutes, but I'll do like a, like sprints. So I'll, Mm -hmm. I'll sprint for a minute and then I'll ride easy for two minutes and then I'll sprint for a minute and then I'll ride easy. And then I'll do that alternate. But when I do those, those nights, man, I sleep like a baby. Baby, Yeah. I sleep great. I don't ever have a problem falling asleep. And I've always been a, I call myself a, a night person. Like I'm a night owl. Oh, I stay up late and my brain's busy. And you know, you make all these excuses and I did this for years. <clears throat> I'm just a night person. I stay up late. Not anymore. Like really, I mean, now when it's 10 o'clock or 9.30 or 10.30, I'm like, man, I'm kind of tired. Like I want to go sleep because you just, you've exerted all that stress and anxiety out of your body and it's gone. And now this, this, the worry and the anxiousness that people experience on a regular basis tends to kind of wash away because your body is putting out stress. Because if you did the hardest thing that you had to do that day, right? You, you lifted weights or you ran or you rode the bike or you did whatever. That was the hardest thing physically that you had to do. It's over with. And so now the rest of everything else is easy. Oh, it's so true. And I've got so much emotion. I mean, I'm gonna be honest. There's times I've been doing squats and crying Yeah, yeah. and <laughs> not just cause it hurts, but I think it like, it releases a yeah. lot. Yeah. Um, yoga poses will even talk about how in certain twists and things like Oh, if you feel emotional. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what's going on? I feel crazy. And that's happened. And there's been times where I've gone through some really tough times in my life and I'm, well, that is not the reason to sit home and eat bonbons and just like get up and go. And when I have that release, 
And that, like you say, you've just got that clarity, like that spunk, that immediate and right after is where I go home, I have my post-workout, my meal, and I'm like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to do stuff. Even if I was tired that morning, yeah. I'm ready to like take on the day. And it really alleviates and just lessens the impact of the negative things that can come our way. Yeah. Like, you know, you get a call of your closing is about to implode for the next day. And yeah, that stinks and you're going to have to deal with it. Yeah. But it's, if you've just got out all that energy and frustration or whatever it is, you can just have the clarity to deal with it, be in a calmer place and just be more, I think more alert too. Yeah. Um, in this business, you can't, there's mistakes you make could be catastrophic. Yeah. You know, if you're filling out of this, people think we just sit there and fill out a little form <laughs> you know, and send it in as an offer. You're dealing with the largest financial transaction in someone's life and you better be on it. Yeah. And by having yourself taken care of and your health taken care of, and I feel like that working out makes such a difference to be able to to handle those things. Well, I see this happen a lot. I, and I think, you know, I mean, I'm like I said, I'm kind of a dork on some of this stuff because I do like reading about it a lot, but I think it's impacting kids a lot these days because, you know, this is a recent development within the last probably 20 or so years. This, you know, every kid's ADD and ADHD and all this other stuff. And, and I'm not saying it'd be very clear. There are people out there that have this deficiency, but I think the vast majority of people that or children, especially that think that they are parents that think their kids are ADHD or ADD or whatever. Most of the time they're not getting enough exercise yeah. because if you think about how our school system is set up right now, we get our kids to school. And I think it's all backwards too, because like in, in Mansfield, where we go to school are the younger kids get to school later and the older kids get to school earlier. So oh, like backwards. in kindergarten through sixth grade, they don't have to be there till eight 30 or so. Right. Whereas my daughter at 16 is a sophomore. She's got to be at school at like 6.45, okay? Well, the problem with that is that teenagers generally require more sleep because they're growing, their body's developing and all that stuff. And little kids, I'm sure, because your son's five, right? Five, yeah. yeah. they're up at the crack of dawn. Like they're, they're oh, awake. he's at, ready to go. Yeah. <laughs> they're up at 4, Six 5 a.m. o'clock on a Saturday morning. All right. So we take these kids that are awake and ready to go at 5 a.m., right, and ready to party. We take them to school and they sit in a classroom with 20 other psycho kids that are bouncing off the wall and we make them stay in this room for four hours or, you know, maybe they rotate around or something. They get a recess of 30 minutes, an hour, maybe, maybe a PE class, you know? So in an eight hour day, they're, they're getting maybe an hour and a half of mild exercise at best. Right. And, and then, you know, if, if your kids are involved in sports, then it's a different thing. You'll take them after school and they get some of that then, but if they're not, then your kid comes home and he's bouncing off the wall. And then you sit him in front of a video game console all day long. And he's just all amped up because they have to, you have this, these reserves of energy in your body that you gotta, you gotta get them out or they just make you go crazy if you don't. And you see this with kids. And instead of, I used to joke with my son that he was like a little horse that I had to like, I had to make him do laps, like make him run around the house to get all that energy out. And then he would come back in. Now I can talk to you. Okay. Now we can have a conversation because oh, for sure. all that stuff is out. Right. Oh yeah. I mean, I have a very active five-year-old boy and he needs to move. And just last weekend it was, I think it was, we, something happened, my car and a car. It was just one of those days. Like, and so we were in the car more than we anticipated. Everything was going sideways. 
and came back to the house. The alarm was going off in the house. I'm like, I'm sorry, buddy. I got to put you back in the car. We got to go back to the car wash because they hit my car. Oh, no. And we came back. And now I'm like, we're behind. And it's time to like, I need to cook some stuff. We have dinner. And it was going to start getting a little like, it's going to be dark in 30 minutes. And I just looked at him and went, we're going to the park. Like, it's it's going to have to happen because yeah. we need to get some of this out. You can't just be sitting, you know, for this period of time. And that's why like taking him to the gym and having him be active. There's like a turf area where you can push the sled and do different things. And uh, there's like a punching bag at the end. And it's awesome. Like he runs back and forth and got this exercise ball. And it was a Saturday morning and uh, he got up and was ready to go. I did tempt him with some Starbucks. Yeah. Um, <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. For his avocado um, bagel yeah. toast thing. And so let's go. And we got there and it's seven o'clock in the morning on Saturday and he's running around and they need that. So if the little ones we're just we're just grown up we're just grown up versions yeah. of that but yep. it presents itself so much more clearly in kids and we see emotionally how they react in their crankiness and they can't control it they haven't learned how to control their emotions right yeah. exactly. so it it's the same thing in us we just might kind of hide it a little bit but internally you know we're a little more, more crabby we're the sleep thing being able to sleep at night Absolutely. That's a, that's a huge difference. You got to find time to make it work in some way. Um, I even will meeting with, with friends. Like I try to think about socially, I think our society is so focused on food and drink, food and drink. Let's meet for food and drink. How about let's meet on the Katy trail and go for a walk. Yeah. And that's what I've started telling people. Like I don't really eat food. I don't cook. <laughs> I don't drink alcohol. Yeah. So let's go do something physical. We don't got to, you know, do something crazy. I don't have right. to go run a marathon, right. but incorporating that into your life and your kid's life into your life and finding a way to just be part of your life, I think will just have such a huge impact on the way you go about the rest of your day. Yeah. Well, and I think too, um, a, a, an easy way to start, you know, because when you try to push everything to the back end of your day, Right. When you're like, well, when I get home from work, that's when I'll do my walk. Or when I get home from this, I'll, I'll go to the gym or I'll ride my bike or whatever. And I, just in my own personal experience over the years, that never works. And I don't know very many people that work out on a regular basis that think that that works because your day just gets in the way. Like that's, it just happens to everybody. Right. And, yeah. and you're not going to be perfect every single day, but if you can do something in the morning, to really, that's, I think that's when I started to notice the biggest difference is when I started forcing myself to do it early, that's when you notice the energy difference, right? Because I think so too, because when you're, if it's, you know, six or seven or eight o'clock in the morning, whenever you decide to get up and you do an hour of 30 minutes of walking or yeah, that's all you gotta do. Just go walk for 30 minutes, like walk around your, your neighborhood, walk around driveway, whatever. When you get back into the house, like you just have a little bit more. little pep in your step. A little ready to go, right? You're ready to go. You're setting the tone for your day. Um, there's a lot of people that work out at night. I personally can't do that. Just, I hate it. And I think it's because I need that start from my day. Yeah. Um, it's all the young people that work out at night. Those 20 year olds are trying to meet people at the gym. <laughs> That's what, those are the ones that are working out. And there's the a lot of people there because I've had to go up there and do my steps lately. And yeah. I'm like, what are, these, what are these people doing here? And then to me, that's that can kind of keep me more awake sometimes because the yes. initial boost the of the endorphin. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it'll wear you out, but later. So having it in the morning, I used to, when I first started lifting because of my schedule, my life was different. I was there six o'clock 
uh, a little before six and I was home before my kid was up and was making him breakfast. And I mean, that would be my preferred way to do it just with my life now and my kiddo. I, I can't really do it that way on most days, but I give it as soon as I possibly can. And it just, it sets the mood, it sets the tone. And like you said, going for a walk, just that in itself. And you come back and you will find, I promise there will be a different, um, even motivation. I yeah. think of mentally like, Hey, yeah, you know, I have this stuff to do today and I'm ready to do it. Yes. Yeah. Cause you're not drugged down. You don't even, and so there's a, um, there's a guy, um, there's two people that i really pay a lot of attention to when it comes to like health and fitness stuff. So there's one guy named Andrew Huberman, which I've sent you a couple of his things. Um, and he's a neuroscientist, a Harvard neuroscientist who he has a podcast, and, you know, blog and all kinds of stuff. I love his stuff. He's great. And he's, by the way, if you're following doctors or listening to people that are out of shape and overweight, Yes. You're not listening to the wrong person or, <laughs> or the right person. I mean, yeah. Or some influencer regurgitating information right. about diet and exercise and trying to come up with some reinventing the wheel. It's not that hard folks. So Huberman is jacked. I mean, he, he, when the dude takes off his shirt, he looks like the Hulk, like he's massive, but he's not like a gym bro. Like he's a, you know, very smart guy. And he has this whole routine in the morning is the thing I sent you. And, and, and I've done it for, I mean, almost two years now. And it just makes, and by the way, let me say this. I'm not perfect. Okay. And neither are you nope. like there are many times where I miss and I don't do it and I skip and I do half of it or I don't do hundred percent or whatever the case may be. Okay. So if you're, if you fail, cause you're going to, you have to be okay with that. You have to yeah. be okay of falling off the horse, but you got to be willing to get back on the horse. And that right. that's the big key. But so, so he has this morning routine where he talks about not drinking coffee first thing in the morning. So anybody that's out there that loves coffee, you know, you're going to be like, ah, but the idea behind it is, is he says, when you get up in the morning, you need to go outside. You need to get natural sunlight in your eyes because your circadian rhythms are designed in such that we've, you know, evolved or whatever you want to call it to where in the morning when the sun comes up, our body's like, okay, it's time to be awake. And at night when the sun goes down, our body's like, okay, now it's time to go to sleep. Like this is just part of your normal, um, it's, it's ingrained in your chemistry of your body. So when you get up in the morning and you start moving and the movement is important because he says that having things coming in and out of your vision tells your body again, we're awake and we're moving forward. The sun's out. I've got movement in my body. So my body wakes up and it's like, okay, I'm, it's time to be awake. Whereas if when you wake up the first thing in the morning and you have a cup of coffee, there's this, and I'm going to screw it up. I really should have done a little more wrote and written some notes. And I listened to it too. So yes. I, I remember but what there's, there's something that it, it inhibits in your, in your normal circadian rhythm that it kind of takes the place of it's, it wakes you up artificially jolting yourself. Yes. <laughs> but then you have this crash later. Yeah. Right. And then like, you know, at one or two o'clock in the afternoon, you got to have another two or three cups of coffee to bring yourself back up. Right. He doesn't say don't drink coffee. He just says, don't drink it for like the first hour Delay and a half. It. Delay yeah. it. Take an hour and a half and then do your walk, do your reading, get your head in the right place and then drink the coffee because then the effects last a lot, a lot longer and it impacts you much greater. So just a simple thing like that. Very simple. Wake up, go outside. Even if it's cold, put your jacket on, put your hood on and go for a walk in the morning. First thing when you get up, I promise you, if you do that for seven days, it, it, you could do it for five days you will notice a massive difference. I think on, on maybe probably, maybe not day one, but I would say maybe day two or day three, you're going to really see the difference. Would you agree? I think so. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, especially if it's a little chilly outside too, it'll yes. give you a little bit of yeah. a, a jolt, but just, yeah, getting, getting out, doing something, having that movement. 
wonder what he thinks about matcha tea. Because one thing about that, it's got caffeine in it, in it, uh, but it's not like a jolt of caffeine. It's kind smooth. of a balance yeah. smoother that has supposed like, to have a lot of benefits and things. Well, there's a lot of like mushroom teas and stuff that are really um, chaga and, you know, people talk crazy or, you know, speak volumes about that kind of stuff. So I think it does is, have benefits to it. Because it is my go-to. And I do, I do hit that pretty soon after waking. That is kind of my thing. But. All right. So speaking of nutrition, since you brought up something to drink there, because we've talked a lot about, and, and by the way, none of this we've got into, like you got to hit the gym hard. No, 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 no. Just start, just get moving, do something. And make that, make yourself a priority in that yes, sense. Yes. So w- diet. All right. Now I'm, you tell me your thoughts, but I'm a believer of, I would say if you're going to pick one to start with, start with exercise and then go to diet. And the reason for me is I think that if you're exercising to some extent, the dieting, and I, I don't even dieting is the wrong word. Yeah. Eating differently will, will come on its own because you're like, when you start eating stuff, you start feeling like crap. But if you try, if you start to change how you eat before you exercise a little bit, I don't think you get the full benefit necessarily. Yeah. How, what do you think about you that? You know, I never thought of it that way. That actually makes sense because I've always been in this mindset and I, you can't out train a diet. But that's different. I mean, that's also a different goal. Like if you're trying to change like body composition and you're eating like a slob, but you're going to the gym all the time and you're like killing yourself in the gym, like people think that they can outdo it by it. And it's really 80%, I think, diet and exercise. But we're talking about healthy habits, getting our mindset right feeling good, which is what I started with. I think you've got something there. I think that does make sense because I think naturally once you start moving, you're going to feel the effects of that much quicker. There's going to be an immediate impact within a week, a couple of weeks, if you're doing something small and consistent that you're naturally going to probably gravitate towards, well, gosh, I'm doing this and I'm starting to feel better. And then you realize if you're then on the go and grab and take out here and there, I think you naturally will start to want to change that. And I think if you do just start with the diet, it can feel like you're now so food focused and it becomes about the food and not how you feel. And the the food, I think it maybe takes a little bit longer Mm -hmm. um, to start feeling those, those effects. So I think that makes sense. So what was the evolution of your eating habits and how you went from just you know, I know you're a vegan. Have you always been a vegan or did you get to that or what, what, how did that all work for you? I grew up as a kid, um, McDonald's, um, not bashing you, mom. McDonald's was awesome. You Our know, parents they, didn't know mom, any better. Right? They, they didn't no, know we did. Better. We also like, didn't even have a seatbelt and I was like yeah. sitting on the yeah, seat. Yeah, they were so, smoking, drinking Coors Light like, with us in the back of the window. Man yeah. dinners and a grandma who did home cooked meals, who I was with grandma a lot. She big part of my life. So, cook, you know, made pies every night. So chicken and potatoes. Broccoli would make me gag. My mom cracks up to this day that I like (laughs) eat handfuls of broccoli. And so as I got older, yeah, I was just used to, you know, cereal for breakfast, that kind of thing. And I always, as an adult anyway, I really wanted to be vegetarian more for just not really wanting to eat animals. Yeah, I have leather. Yeah, I have all, I just really didn't want to, but I didn't know how to do it because that's all that I've eaten, you know, chicken, potatoes. And I didn't even have a wide variety. So it's not that I just ate meat. I just didn't really eat, have a variety of foods. Yeah. Hamburgers, steaks. Yeah. And so, and I had tried different things with 
like weight loss, for example, or like fat loss. And again, it's, it's a diet. It's like some temporary restrictive thing that you're doing. So it evolved to where about 10, 11 years ago, um, got somebody from Saudi Arabia saying hello. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Wow. Well, hello. What time is it there? I don't know. <laughs> Hi. Podcast. I think you meant hard truth, um, from Saudi Arabia. So oh, awesome. hello, Ahmed. Ahmed. Hi. Um, I did. Oh, I know where it started. I forgot about this. So I didn't grow up overly religious. Um, I, I do have some religious beliefs, but I, for, I decided for Lent, um, I was going to kind of participate in Lent and kind of had a spiritual moment there. Right. Uh And I went through in and out burger in grapevine and I had my last, I was like, okay, I'm going to have this last meal, my last cow. (laughs) And uh, I grew up in California, so loved In-N-Out. So I had In-N-Out Burger. And that's why I kind of did it. And it was more of, yeah, that's what I love to eat. And it started with that. And then I did that for that period of time. And I think, man, I kind of feel better. And I really don't want to, I really don't want to eat animals. And I got to find a way to not do it. So it started with that. It evolved to being um, really pescatarian which is eating just fish. Um, but it, uh, yeah, fish and eggs. Okay. So I was very heavily on the eggs and then ended up getting pregnant at that point in time. I was still struggling because what was happening is, and I was, I was toying with being vegan. So at home I would say vegan, which is no animal products, no dairy, no, um, even things like marshmallows have gelatin in them. There's a lot of things that have gelatin. So whenever I would do that, I was eating horribly, really. And I was actually gaining weight because vegan just means what you don't eat. It doesn't yeah. mean anything about you do eat. So I love Oreos. Oreos are vegan, yeah. which is awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, I love cupcakes. There's a vegan cupcake bakery in Dallas. So I was eating white pasta and I was craving those things, which really are Well, because they make you those. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the, the, the thing is when you eat pasta, you just want to eat more pasta. That's yeah. That's how it works. Yeah. It's, so I found myself and then eating out at that point in time years back, it was harder because there wasn't a lot of vegan stuff. So I did this whole pescatarian when I would eat out. I traveled a lot, go to Europe. So, and, you know, I would eat fish. Then I got pregnant. Um, still was pescatarian at that point because I was eating a lot of sushi. And then once my son was born, I realized, gosh, I have this great responsibility. I'm not a cook. I've never cooked. When my friends found out I was pregnant, one of the first things they said was, oh my God, what are you going to do about food? Like, you don't cook. <laughs> like, how are you going to feed your child? And I was like, I have no idea. So I realized, well, now I have this great responsibility that I have to be a model for him and I got to figure out my food because once he starts eating food, I'm not feeding him what I'm eating. Yeah. And I wanted, I realized, and his dad and I realized we wanted him to be able to make the choice um, as far as eating animals or not. Whatever he decides to do when he's able to make that decision. And my pediatrician, who her kids um, are a vegetarian, uh, said, well, your diet can't be more restrictive than his. So if you're sitting there and you're eating um, dairy, because that point I cut out all the meat, just was doing dairy, you know, I'm sitting there eating cheese. So when she said that, I went, oh my gosh. So once I got into the bodybuilding and I understood that you need protein mm-hmm. and protein builds muscles and I started really getting into nutrition and really understanding for me what I needed, which my goal was build muscles 
you know, lose body fat, have, you know, different body composition and all this hard work I'm doing in the gym is going to go to waste. And as a vegan, you have to be very strategic about what you're eating because protein, yeah, there's some protein in beans, but you'd have to eat bags full of beans, which are really carbs. Right. And so I had to learn all, and I really started learning about food and nutrition and really looking at my body as a machine. Well, there's a, and there's something with bioavailability too, because it's like broccoli has a good amount of protein in it, but your body's ability to access that protein to the same degree. Like if it's got 10 grams of protein in it, you can't quite get all 10 grams out of it. And the different amino acid profiles. And even in my son, I really started, it really came from him and it was really about being very mindful of his nutrition and also him being vegan. It was not about, I didn't want it to look at it as what are we doing to restrict it to diet? It was about what are we doing to give him the best nutrients? So things like iron and I had been iron deficient. I've been like borderline anemic. Well, I learned that, okay, you get iron from say the, was it the broccoli, but it actually gets absorbed better if you combine it. So like with pasta, yeah, yeah. like tomato sauce. So yeah. like give him tomato sauce and give him the broccoli. Yeah. And you know, he grew up Ethiopian food is his favorite food. Um, that's a treat for him. My parents are taking him to Thai food and they have tofu. Like that's his favorite type of foods because yeah. he ate raw tofu by the handful and broccoli and he never had a Cheerio in his life. And so once I started having, you know, I was forced to, we got to be parents and we got to feed this kid. Then it started changing my own diet. And then it, then it really went down the road of, well, now I'm trying to be like do bodybuilding and build muscle. And how does that happen? And you have to be very strategic with understanding your protein sources. So, and once I did that for me, I felt so much different. So it really isn't about being vegan because I was vegan kind of on and off before, but I felt horrible because I was just eating just junk food and I can have my junk food vegan moments. So it's more about, I eat very strategically in my protein grams, high protein, and just the variety of foods that I eat, you know, I get my carbs from sweet potatoes. Um, you know, not, yeah, I have the French fry here and there, but it's getting the, the carbs and the fats and the proteins from whole food sources, um, and try to eliminate as much processed food as I can. Well, and I think that shows up too, just like we were talking about earlier with exercise, when you exercise a lot and then you stop, you feel it and you always want to go back because you know the difference between when you are and when you aren't. Mm -hmm. And it's the same thing with food is when you cut out. And I think what you said is absolutely a hundred percent spot on, not just with veganism, with anything. It's not about what you are eating. It's about what you're not eating, right? When you take out, because you'll see, and this happens a lot with people and I'm not, you know, vegetarian, vegan, whatever you're your diet, quote unquote diet is, um, what they typically are is no processed foods, whole foods, you know, whether it's meat or vegetables or whatever it is you're eating, when you take out, you know, the seed oils and you take out the sugar and you pull that stuff out of your diet, the difference in how you feel is dramatic after a period of time. And then when you add that back in, like I know, you know, and I did it for a period of time. I'm terrible because I love French fries. Oh, so so good. So good. Um, but, but when there was a period of time a while back where I stopped eating fried foods, period, like didn't eat any fried foods at all for like, I don't know, 60 days, 90 days, something like that. And then I remember the first time I ate French fries after that, I literally thought I was going to throw up because oh, my yeah. stomach hurt so bad. It was like, what are you doing? Yeah. It's what? like poison in your yes, body. Yes. That's it, how I feel. And you don't realize it until you completely eliminate it. And then you, when you add back, cause 
you'll, there's a lot of nutrition uh, when you try to figure out allergies. Like there's a there's so much tied to what you put into your body as to what your reactions are. And we think we're allergic to this or that, like autoimmune disorders, right? They're they're finding out more and more that people with severe like psoriasis and all these different autoimmune disorders that it's it's about what they're eating. And they have this incredible allergic reaction to these specific foods. And so what they do is they'll make them eliminate everything. Like they'll go down to eating, you know, water and whatever, a broccoli or a meat or something. And then they start to slowly add things back in because that's how you figure out what you're having a negative reaction to. You have to eliminate it all and then start to add things back in. Well, that's been a lot of these treatments for people without they're putting them on carnivore diets. Some of them are going straight to vegan because again, everybody's different. There is no one size fits all on this kind of thing. And what they're finding is that this food that you're putting into yourself is causing all of these other problems that you're having that you don't even realize because it's just the way we've always eaten or been taught to eat or just how we grew up eating. And your body is so adaptable. It gets so used to things, even bad things. It's like heroin addicts, right? If you're a heroin addict, as long as you don't do an amount that's going to cause your heart to stop, you can do it. For yeah. A long as long period. as you don't, you don't actually kill yourself and go over the edge. Yes. Your body will attempt it, to it. It adjusts. Sadly. Yes. Sadly, it adjusts. But that's how dynamic our, our, our internal systems are is it's going to figure out a way to survive. So if you're just constantly dumping toxics, you know, in even alcohol and, and this is something, you know, nobody ever wants to hear, I know. but there is no amount of alcohol that's good for you. None. No, there, there, None. there's no, there's no benefit no. to it. The one glass all. of wine for your heart. No, it's no, bullshit. it's really not. It's not. It's just for your own pleasure. And it's I cut that poison. out. I don't drink at well, all. Well, and it's okay. Like have it's drinks. Fun. I'm not saying you shouldn't drink. You know, I have a drink from time to time, but what I also know is I'm putting it in because when I go two weeks where I don't have a drink and then, or a week, and then I'll have one on the weekend that that next morning, I feel like total well, dog shit. Awful. I had terrible. in six years and I recently just did. And it was the craziest thing. Cause I was like, I don't know. And I'm like, now I know why yeah. I don't do this. And I stopped because I felt like I had a hangover every day of my pregnancy because I just, my pregnancy was awful. So why would I ever want to do that again? So that's really why, but you know, your body being adaptable and feeling so awful, a story about that. So I think it was a couple of Thanksgivings ago is when I started really adjusting my diet while I started working out. Um, and this also came on the heels of, I had this weird flare up. It was during COVID where you couldn't even go see a doctor. I've never got it fully sorted out, but I do have some sort of autoimmune issue going on. They actually thought I had lupus. They think I might have rheumatoid arthritis. I have something that's, that's going on. And I had this flare, like I couldn't move, I couldn't walk. So it's inflammation of some sort. Yep. Um, Usually caused by food. Yeah. And I, I have not had a flare up that is not happening. And that's why I kind of just didn't go back to further investigate it. Once I, I basically got on the, the training and the diet soon after that and all of that just went away. Yeah. So, um, where I was going with that. The, uh, well, you, you would be amazed. Oh, the Thanksgiving thing. Yeah. Go ahead. Oh, the, um, so I took a, okay, Thanksgiving, I'm going to, you know, go let off loose. my, right. Yeah. Let loose, yeah. right. Whatever. One meal. And I hadn't drank in forever, but I remember what a hangover feels like because the next day I felt like I had a hangover and I don't mean people like, Oh, I have a food hangover. Like you're full. No, I felt literally like I had the flu, like awful. Um, 
And I've had a scenario like that in the last few months where I was like, oh, I'm just going to kind of eat whatever. Oh my gosh, I can't believe I used to eat like this all the time. But you don't know. I feel sick. And I even tried a a non-alcoholic beer. I was like, oh, these are great. And I felt so awful. I realized it was the sugar and the yeast that was in it. It wasn't even the alcohol. So I was like, well, I guess I'm not doing that again. Yeah. Well, it's like, okay, I I think a good analogy to this to help people understand is like, remember COVID, everybody had to wear the mask, right? We all had the mask on. Now, could you breathe? Yeah. Yeah, You could breathe. Yeah. Could you talk? Yeah. Yeah, You could talk, right? Was it enjoyable? Not really. No. So imagine that you're just walking around your entire life wearing that mask and you have no idea what it's like to not wear the mask, right? You just don't know. You just don't don't know know because you're used to it because you're just like, this is what it is. I wear a mask because I wear a mask all day long. From the time I was born till an adult, I wear a mask. This is what everybody does. This is what I'm supposed to do. And then someone comes along one day and goes, you know, you take that thing off. You're like, what? Yeah, just take it off. And then you take it off and you're like, wait a minute. I can hear. I can hear. I can see. You can see. I can breathe. What the hell? It's a whole new world. It's a whole new world. And you just don't, but you don't understand it because you don't know what it's like to feel the other way, right? Because it's just not there. And, and that's the biggest struggle with all this. And I think the reason that people have such a hard time doing it is because a, most people, like you said, in the very beginning, they feel like they got to conquer the mountain on day one, right? They got to eliminate everything. They got to cut all, they got to cut all the bad stuff out and work out every day and all this kind of stuff. And they fail every single time, right? The few, you know, superhumans that may do it, but I think the vast majority of people fail in those situations. Um, and not understanding that you got to take it one little step at a time. And those steps compound just like anything else. It builds on itself. You start educating yourself more. You becomes more of a priority for you because you feel better and those things start adding up, but you have to start, you got to start small and do it. And it's the same thing with the diet as well, because if you drink every day, every night before you go to bed, you have, you know, two glasses of wine or, you know, a glass of whiskey or whatever it is. And then you wake up every morning and you're a little tired and you're you just overly inflamed a little bit. You know, mm-hmm. you, people don't understand how much inflammation inflammation's huge. Yet you carry around with you yeah. just based on the stuff that you're putting in your body. You're just walking around swollen and you don't even realize it until you cut it all out. You'll see people, I know, I know a lot of people that I saw them and then like Six months later, I saw them again, and they just looked dramatically different. And I'm like, "What did you do?" And like, I stopped drinking. Yeah. I'm like, anything else? Nope. That's just it. That. I no. just stopped drinking. And I was like, and and they just look healthier. They have better color in their face. They don't look like they're just walking around like a Stay Puft Marshmallow person, like all swollen up. It just makes such a big difference, but it's hard. It is hard. I mean, I wine girl, champagne girl, all of it. And at night, for sure, especially the wine down, you know, finding that that outlet because it's true. It's the thing that kind of calms us. And I mean, there has been moments that, like I said, I'm not perfect. Like I've eaten my feelings. Like I haven't drank my feelings, but I've eaten my feelings. And I feel just like I would if I had drank the the half a bottle of wine. And it's that swollen. And now that I'm wearing like a weight belt when I work out, like there's no getting around it. Like I went to cinch it up and it's like, oh <laughs> no, this is, I'm swollen. It's, it is that inflammation. You're holding water retention and you're just not feeling good, but it, but you've got to have, okay, what are you going to replace with that? Because if that's your routine and your routine is have a glass of wine before, and it's such a social thing. I mean, that's a whole nother beast. Yeah. So I don't say, oh, you shouldn't drink. Oh, I mean, if that's your thing, but 
also just know. You, just know that that could be contributing to it. Yeah. And then also if you add in some activity and, you know, shooting for a good 80%, you know, and then you can have those off times. Even this Thanksgiving, I was like, nah, I'm not going to do it. And I did. And I went to this um, vegan buffet and I ate myself the buffet yeah. and I didn't feel so great the next day. I'm not used to eating white potatoes and pumpkin pie. Yeah. Yeah. I have that problem. Uh, I do a pretty decent job when it comes to like the refined carbohydrates, bread and pastas. I usually don't eat very much of that, but I also, you know, when my, my, my wife typically makes dinner, when, when she makes dinner, like I'm just going to eat what she made. Like I'm not going to be an asshole about it. Right. But if we have a big thing of pasta and cause we don't do it very often, but maybe once every couple of weeks, she'll make like spaghetti cause the kids like it and I'll eat it cause I'm going to eat it. I almost feel like I have a fever. Like I, yeah. I, I walk away and I'm like, am I getting sick? Like yeah. I, I feel like, right. And it takes me a second. Cause I'm just like, why do I feel like crap mm -hmm. all of a sudden? You know, like, Oh, wait a minute. I just ate like an entire, cause it's delicious by the way. I just ate yeah. an entire bowl of pasta with a little bit of meat in it. And, and I, I'm going to need two hours to recover from this because I feel like dog crap until my body processes. Yeah. all that. So, um, I think, I think the key to all of this is that number one is you got to start small right? Yeah. Start with small little habits that are going to get you to where you want to go. Try to fit them into your day, right? You got to mm -hmm. make sure that you can fit it into your schedule. So, you know, I don't want to say build your schedule around it. You will eventually. In your mind, you just sort of naturally will. Yes. It'll happen that way if it's yeah. a priority and you, you can do it. it. I promise you can do it. Yes. Um, but start with the small thing. If it's taking a walk around the block, if it's stop drinking sodas, if it's only drink on the weekends, whatever, just pick something that you feel like you can accomplish and do and do it on a start, you know, on a, on a smaller basis. And then you will start to add those pieces to it. And as it becomes a bigger priority for you, you will put more time and energy into it. And then as you've demonstrated, I think you'll start to see that it will impact everything else that you do the interactions with your family, the interactions with your kids, everything, it will impact it in a positive way because you'll be a better version of you. Yeah, absolutely. And just really having some thought because planning, just a little planning ahead makes such a big difference. Instead yeah. of just letting your day go, if you know you've got this big day and you've got our industry, okay, you've got showings, you've got this contracted right and okay, and I'm just going to dash out the door and figure it out later. Well, the chances are you're going to be, you're not going to eat unless you're specifically in a fast and that's what you're doing and you're being strategic about it. But if you're just going to leave the house and I'll figure it out, you go half the day, then you're hungry. And then when you're hungry, you're just going to grab whatever. You can't think clearly. Just like when you're going to go on an appointment and the next day you have a listing appointment and you need to get prepared for it. Don't wait till that last minute because something's going to come along and throw a wrench in it and you're yep. not going to be prepared and you're going to be scattered. So it's just changing that mindset of the priority is figuring out ahead of time what you're going to do, whatever that is, what your food's going to be, what you're going to eat or where, some idea of it instead of just throwing it in the air and seeing what happens and just trying to get task one, two, three, four down, take care of the kid. You've got to make that part the priority and everything else will follow in around it. Yep. Very much so. Well, um, Jenny, we're, we're over an hour, so that went by quickly. Um, I really appreciate you uh, coming in and talking to me about this. Um, this is something I love to talk about. I just um, don't always get to talk about it on the real estate and yeah. finance podcast, but I do think it's very 
appropriate for people, especially working professionals that are always on the go. Um, you know, we, we have that guilt where we feel like we should be working all the time and we don't want to take care of ourselves because we're taking away from something else. But the understanding that when you don't take care of yourself, it affects your body, it affects your mind, and it affects every other thing that you interact with on a day-to-day basis. And really and truly, it's not being selfish to make it your number one priority to make sure that you take care of you. Because if you don't, then you're useless to everybody else. Absolutely. Well, guys, uh, thank you to everybody that stuck around. Um, Next week, um, I will have photographer Landon Day on the podcast. Um, We're going to talk about um, how to brand yourself for 2024, the importance of listing photos, all that kind of stuff. So he'll be available to... um, we're supposed to eat between what do you got, what do you got conrad it says we're supposed to eat between showings that's what i've been doing wrong all this time <laughs> yeah i keep it in uh, my car with a yeah, ice that's pack right. that's right um but we're going to talk about branding for 2024 talk about listing photos so it should be a good conversation if you're interested and in, especially with listings being a focus going forward for next year because of all the fun things related to buyers agents and how that stuff works um this would be a good one to tune in for so i appreciate everybody that stuck around we'll be back again next week and we'll see you then Jenny, thank you. Thank you.